Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. On a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know you guys aren't privy to all the new. So, uh, you know that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Lone Wolf Bank Section Jacks. I'm Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 10. ASA Futures up 53 as we continue our rally this week. We'll see if this is a, a sucker dead cat bounce rally or a bear market rally, whatever you want to call it, or we're we going to uh, have a have a real uh, rally. We'll see. The uh, um, well, it's uh, You never, uh, never really know about those things. They some, some bear markets have some of those. The uh, catchiest rallies usually, and, uh, and then all of a sudden they just they just fade. We will see whether this one does or does not. The news is, uh, um, you know, it's, it's retail sales. I don't know. Uh, I guess I have a problem. We have Mr. Kevin. You do. How are you, Bud? I uh, I'm having trouble with the with the numbers, Kevin, uh, because with the I don't know how you look at Costco's numbers and don't. I know they try and separate it out, but how do you how do you look at some some sort of a inflationary thing because of the gas sales? And when you got Dollar General in the other place that are now Dollar uh, Twenty Five General, I mean, uh, if you if you raise everything up to a Dollar Twenty Five and you have a fifteen percent increase or twenty percent increase, are you doing good or not? I, that's that's why inflation is such is something you never want to let happen to this to this extent. We learned that once, and I, I, I if, if we had a bunch of 25 year Apparently not. <laughs> well, we had a bunch of, t- the thing of it is, is when it starts, it is, it is so much fun for the people who are on the receiving end of the money. And you could, you could never, you can never stop it. You can never back it off. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's like trying to close a bar at 4 a.m. Everybody's having so much fun. You know, it's just, but there you, really, at least there's a law that says you have to. Well, here there's a law too, but we don't pay attention to laws, kind of a thing. So we have like, what do we have? One or two cases of monkeypox in the whole country. You know, everybody's talking about. It. You're supposed to uh, uh, practice good hygiene and safe sex. Not, you're not supposed to handle p- dead prairie dogs. Well, no, I don't think I've ever even seen a prairie dog. Uh, well, if, is that dead prairie dog thing tied into safe sex? Uh, I suppose. <laughs> God. Uh, here's what avoid coming into contact with people recently diagnosed. What have we had? One case? Two? Well, who the hell's recently I diagnosed? Think, yeah. And those who may have been infected. Wear a face mask if you're in close contact with someone who has symptoms. 
Use condoms and keep an eye out for symptoms if you have recently changed sexual partners. Uh, avoid coming into contact with animals that could be carrying the virus. This includes sick or dead animals, and particularly those with a history of infection, such as monkeys, rodents, and prairie dogs. When the last time you came in contact with a dead monkey? Are we? Uh, um, <laughs> that's a good question. Well, look at it. Look at it this way, Tom. Um, for years, we have had government trying to overregulate us because of uh, and using climate change as the basis for that. Yeah. So everything is, if you have a, a climate emergency and society is going to be severely harmed, then we need to make laws to control your behavior. And that's never gotten the traction that, uh, that the people who want to regulate have hoped, for, hoped to get. So we, what did we hit? We hit the uh, um, uh, coronavirus, and that one got the traction. Yeah. Uh, you know, large large groups of people were totally obedient as we went way over the top on uh, mitigation uh, strategies. And so now we know that health emergencies work. So don't be surprised if it's monkeypox or whatever the next thing that comes after it is, because we can always say, if you don't comply, people will die. Well, here's a good one. Only eat meat that has been cooked thoroughly. Now, do we do we have any idea whatsoever that if... Actually, I might go to dinner with some people tonight that like their meat rare. I don't. I was going to say, is that, what does that mean? Medium instead of medium rare? Yeah, I don't know what that... And plus, is, is Get been, the end cut. Has there been one, has there been one case in a, in a steer yet? It doesn't say cow pack. It says monkey pack. Yeah, so don't eat monkeys. Yeah. Or prairie dogs. Um, you know, people do. It's one reason why I'm not going to China. They do eat monkeys over there. They eat monkey brains and stuff. I don't. I don't know part of that. I think that's India. No, they do it there too. Well, oh, do, well, but okay. do they force you to eat monkeys? Well, I knew some people that were somewhat connected with PTI. <clears throat> they were over there. They did a lot of stuff of agricultural things back and forth for Department of Agriculture and things. And it was cool because I got to meet a lot of people from China. I didn't go there. They came here. And they were over there eating this kind of stuff, and they had, like, dog one night, and they go, don't tell me you touched the dog. Oh, well, everybody, no, I don't care how what everybody was doing. I'd stick with the rice. There's got, there's got to be a vegetable and some rice. I'm not eating monkeys, I'm not eating dogs. Just just saying. Does that, what does that make me, some kind of a Luddite or what? But still. You're, you're just not a man of the world, Tom. No, I just am not. I'm not, not into that. Just, I don't like, and I'm not eating stuff that's moving, you know, just kind of thing. You know the average American ingests like a pound and a half of insects a year. Just saying. Yeah, but that's involuntary. True. Probably not as much now as well, I Although, you know, it, it would be better if you could arrange for some peanut butter to go with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, don't, I don't, probably don't do as much since I'm not outside jogging on the lakefront. You always get to you always suck something <laughs> you're doing that. Anyway, the, uh, what, uh, I have, I've gotten a bunch of emails from people who listen to us overseas and I don't know what to, I don't I don't know what to say Kevin they're like what is with you idiots in your guns why are you shooting people over there like you do um, you know I I don't really have a response to that but I will say this one person's from Britain and I said well you know if if people are just crazed they're going to find a way 
mean, just like we, you know, first it was the only way you could really kill somebody is to blow up an airplane, right? Well, now we got 58,000 people doing God knows what for the TSA. Uh, so now we don't do that anymore. But now we're shooting people. But then in Britain, where you can't get a gun, what do the guy do? Grab a truck and, and drive through a mob of about 30, 300 people, killing half of them, or I don't know, it wasn't that many, but... So, yeah, if you, so your answer there would be, what's with you people in your truck? Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think when people are, are somewhat psychotic, uh, I just, I get this really weird feeling, Kevin, that a, a lot of this has to do with, uh, somehow or other people aren't all busy all day. But what, 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 I'm sure your mom must have told you what idle time is a devil's workshop or something. Well, uh, you know, there, there's that, uh, but actually, I, I, saw a pretty good summary, and I, I don't know how well I can restate it, but I, I, I thought it made a lot of sense, and it, it it kind of neatly wraps wraps up the things that we've discussed the last couple of days, um, and, and that is that, uh, you know, we have broken down so many, you know, social, cultural, religious norms, um, and, and not replaced them. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that we always did in the past was, or, or that were considered norms of society, were good. Um, but people are kind of untethered. They're left untethered from communities, uh, from uh, from their neighbors, from their families. Uh, family structures broken down, um, and and those were the things. And, and we talked about that in terms of you know churches provided community, not just faith, uh, faith based activities. Uh, uh, you know, neighborhoods, you know, in, in the city, uh, people, a lot of people identified with their neighborhood as much as they did with, uh, um, uh, with anything else. And there were local and people walked over to the local pub and so on. And as, as we've, uh, moved out, spread out and now, um, you know, become used, you know, with internet become a little more disengaged with actual human contact and, and human interaction, face-to-face interaction. The more we go down that path, the more disengaged people are, and uh, um, and and the more devoid of, of a common set of values we have. So, you know, I can see, you know, it, it, it's not that everything that we've done is wrong or is isn't even predictable because, you know, technology changes a lot. It drives a whole lot of change in society. But what it doesn't do is what we haven't figured out is how to replace the things that we've upended. Well, that's right, and I, and it's funny. I mean, I will we'll take a shot at a, a younger gentleman that our my our esteemed friend, Mr. Matt Weber. Now, Matty is uh, a product of Catholic education, and uh, his mom's terrific. I don't, I don't think his mom spent much time with her dad, but he, so he was a single single parent household for a while. Uh, Matty, Matty is one of those moral, ethical people I've ever met. Doesn't lie to anybody. And he, he, now he absolutely, he absolutely disdains the Catholic religion for, you know, sexual stuff and God knows what else. And, uh, I'm, but I would apart, once in a while I discussed with him, I said, well, that's a big piece of your life that's a part of you. The fact that everybody at the school you went, I don't know if you had nuns or whatever, had the same moral, code as your parents and it was reinforced there and the reason why you don't lie or those other stuff probably is because people taught you that that's not the way you're supposed to live it's not if everybody lives like and does all that stuff it's kind of chaos so now is he going to withhold any of all of that from his youngin 
and think it was all him. I mean, and that he got here. I mean, that he got the way he is all by himself. Uh, that it was, you know, that that he he was his good guy from day one when he when he was squealing out of the womb, and it was all on him. <coughs> and all this, and all these decisions were just his without any sort of guidance whatsoever. I mean, I hope he doesn't really think that. But well, uh, and and you can you can break down the uh, um, the faith stru- the the church structure without discarding spirituality. Right, but the idea that every, that every single priest is a is a you know that 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 to me really really blows. You know that every priest is a. Say, I know I know priests. I've known priests for thirty years, and I've never seen them do anything like that. I've never had a priest come close to me at all in any situation like that. So. I've never seen it. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, because obviously it has, and it has among now. Now what? The, now they're saying they covered it up with Southern Baptists. It's it's not just Catholic priests. It's not just it's it's people. There's people in the neighborhood that were always creeps, right? But everybody sort of knew who they well, were. It's 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 people abusing um, their uh, their position of authority, and in this case, uh, it's it's much more powerful when it is uh, a moral authority that goes with that. Uh, because there's a, a trust factor built in there that makes it really, really easy for a predator, a predator to uh, to be successful, and that's you know that's been true of churches forever. Um, there have been you know, in, in, it's not all about uh, children um, that where the predators are are there. Um, a lot of times, it's uh, you know they're preying on uh, vulnerable adult women too. Oh, sure. Um, and having affairs with them, so you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm with you. I find it appalling that anybody would take such a position of of trust and such a position uh, uh, that uh, you know where, where people are relying on you for uh, spiritual guidance, spiritual nourishment, etc., and and then abusing that and taking advantage of it uh, in in such a selfish, uh, self serving way. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's appalling. I don't think that's a reason. It may be a reason to walk away from a church, but it is not a reason to walk away from being a spiritual person. Well, I don't. Uh, as, as I as I've aged, um, and I maybe just started with. Uh, well, I'm going I'm to walk myself off a plank here, but uh, when I was a janitor in school, this whole this whole concept that kind of is in the in the news or is in the air. That sex is something a guy does to a girl is somehow. Let's put it this way: when everybody was thirteen years old in the high schools I was in, virtually all the graffiti was in the girls' bathroom. It's not like I mean. I mean, it's a. I don't. I don't know some of these. Some of this stuff. My just give me an example. My my stepfather when he went to uh, University of Chicago uh, grad school. Well, he went to the executive program there was a guy there he became friends with owned his own company and he he was not it wasn't exactly Robert Redford and his secretary was uh, say more than just a secretary and she was at that time I'm going to say the going rate for a, a secretary slash assistant for somebody in a, in a, the, the president of a, of a maybe a medium sized business small to medium sized business was let's say 18 grand and she made forty. And when they when they went on the road together, I think there was probably some action. Well, see, she could afford to pay her forty because they were sharing hotel rooms when they traveled. Well, uh, but I'm they saying is, money there. I, they well, were they it were. It was a practical relationship. 
relationship. They were they were boyfriend girlfriend. I mean, they were wife no bar. Like you know, but I'm saying it's not the idea that every time somebody has somebody has sex that somebody's put, you know, is is uh is taking advantage of the of the female. God, I I I don't know about that. You know, I mean, I mean, there, there's willing participants along the line on both sides. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, there are situations where people. Yeah, I mean, when you, just when you when you come down to the, the who's the, the sleaze bag at the, uh, the 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 guy who was uh, doing all the actresses, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, wife Weinstein. You know, to me, Kevin, a lot of this can be explained economically. The the the, the man had he was a total sleaze bag, and he was taking advantage of people. I get it, but it also was. They were passing out million dollar jobs to people that would were the going rate for the job was probably three fifty, maybe three hundred. So ten people come in the room, whether they were male or female, and somebody wants you to do something. If the if the if the job was priced properly, nobody'd do anything, right? If the if the if the if you price the job on the Dan Ryan properly, there wouldn't be any graph because there wouldn't be any money there. It would just be a, a fair exchange. But it never is. So there's somebody in that room that says, I'm not willing <laughs> to basically get naked with this slab for 700000 extra bucks. And four other hands go up and say, I am. Uh, that's, that's part of it, Tom. Yeah, that's part of it. Not all of it. Of the Harvey Weinstein no, uh, coin is, uh, it's sleep with me, you get the job. Don't sleep with me. I destroy your career. Well, yeah, well, he he was a total sleazebag. I mean, he went over to tap and hold. So, so yeah. yes, there 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 may have been in some cases a uh, uh, consensual, you know, uh, part of the relationship there. Oh, couldn't have been uh, with him. No, couldn't that, possibly. You know, I'll I'll, tr- I'll make the trade to get the job, but but when when it's your career is at stake, then that's something else. Um, you know, that, that's a different kind of coercion. I, I absolutely agree. But I but on the trading floor there were. There were people that had clerks, and there were everybody sort of knew the people were the, the clerk was just that, okay. And there were people that knew that the clerk was a little more than that. And you know what? They always had clerks, you know. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not. I would never do that to anybody. I never have. I find it disgusting. But but the the, the idea that it's a, it's a totally one way transaction is just not right. Just like just like graft in politics. There wouldn't be any graft if somebody didn't pay somebody. It's 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 part of the. I mean, I've, I've been to a couple of uh, well, I went to one for sure that, and I've been to a couple that were just like it. But I went to a, a opening of an office down here. It was a minority firm. We can figure out probably who the hell it is. And of course, anybody in politics was there, right? Because it's a big, powerful minority firm, and you, you got to be there, right? Well, the interesting part, Kevin, was they didn't tell the building that they were going to have a party at starting at five o'clock, and. uh Building shut the air conditioner off, and it had to be a hundred degrees. It was brutal in there at five oh two, which is brutal. But anyway, there's all these politicians in there, and everybody's got you know basically people sucking up to them. Then there's Governor Quinn, and Governor Quinn, I, you know, I don't know if, what everybody thought of him or didn't thinks about him, but he was he's never been accused of anything dishonest. He's been in politics forever, and I don't know if he's probably too old now to run for anything, but. I'm not saying he was a good governor, good state senator, whatever the hell he was. I'm just, I'm just saying he, it was, he was never the guy that had the reputation where if you walk up and somehow stuff some money in his back pocket, you end up getting a contract. And we're at this thing and 
he ended up talking to me for a half hour. <laughs> Nobody else wanted to talk to the guy. I, was, I felt sorry for him. And he's the governor. You know, all the other guys that were there that you knew were, you know, were being indicted and stuff, they had lines of people that kissed the ring. But it, it, this, this stuff is never exactly hidden. It's, 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 it's never exactly a one-person sleazebag deal. The reason why people in, in, in government have all this money, why the Pelosi's and these people have this dough, is because people can't wait to not compete. They can't wait to give somebody a bunch of money and get a contract they don't deserve. Right, and, and and people are there to take it, and it's very very difficult to stop it because it's part of it's part it's of marketing expense, Tom. Yeah, it's marketing expense, and it's and, and it influences. I mean, if you went around here every, I'm not talking about judge cases because you know I've been expert witness and stuff for a bunch of places. We've been involved in some stuff. I mean, every, every single time I see a case where I mean, if my my, my buddies, my my they, I see on Wednesday night the judges and people, those judges are. They seem these are the older guys. They seem pretty honest, pretty, pretty with it. Uh, one of them for sure is because he, what's her name wanted to wanted him to everybody vote against him because she ruled against her. Uh, he ruled against her, but uh, it's it, it, all of a sudden there's this big political case where you know the the, the judge that got you know a million dollars in his campaign from State Farm manages to spend ten years in court. You know, dealing with auto theft and all the other kind of crap, and nothing ever comes home to roost. And all of a sudden, one day, it's like in The Godfather. I may have to ask you a favor. And all of a sudden, one day, it's a State Farm case that you should recuse yourself, and you don't. It, it, it's just there. Or if it's or if it's a big law firm against a small law firm, or whatever it is, you 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 eventually, the people are willing to to pay that money in advance if you're big enough for the one day they really need you. And then you you can't catch a break when, when when you're on the other side of that. If it's a big institution, if it's if it's anybody, you know it, it it really does not work for the normal person at all. Not to mention the price is way out of way out of line. Those guys are willing to pay you know six hundred dollars for an attorney, and regular people can't find anybody for two hundred that, that knows how to spell. It's you know it's a to think that any of this stuff works for for people that don't have money is scary because you you're naive as it gets, Kevin. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And as you used to yeah, say, you know, money, money talks, and <clears throat> and BS walks. You know, on the on the training floor. I, you know, it's it's endemic through the society. And I don't know how we end up with <clears throat> with a uh, not only a, a president or somebody who is honest but is willing to call out the other people. I don't see that. I don't see it anywhere near in our lifetime. Do you? Well, I'm trying to think of who has uh, who has run for president that doesn't have something in the background that was very highly questionable. Well, I'll tell you, and president who, who it's been did, a long time. I'll tell you who ended up being president, which is a different than what you just said. Who I thought was was totally non bought all the way through, and that was Jerry Ford. But he never ran for president. Maybe that's why. Well, it, it, yeah, and it could be, but uh, you know, I suppose we could go. We have to go back and look at his record too, because uh, you know we, we, he was a longtime congressman. But he was but, never. But, a, yeah, he, I, I actually liked Ford, and uh, you know, I, I I didn't like him at the time because he had pardoned Nixon. But um, but you know that a, a that was probably the right thing to do at the time, so that we could get past it. Uh, get past everything that went on there, and B, uh, I actually thought. All things considered, you know, and what he what he inherited, 
that he had done a reasonably decent job. Um, but, um, you know, the, the deck was totally stacked against him, just just as it was in so many ways with Carter. Um, the, it, the thing with both of them is that uh, neither one of them could uh, could convince the country or, or could bring an optimistic viewpoint to the table. And uh, and that was the thing that you know was Reagan's great gift is he, he could he could be optimistic in the uh, in the face of just really tough times. He could tell you starving and, is good for you, and you believed it. Well, it, it wasn't that. There's it, it's this is this is a, a an important leadership con- uh, concept. Leader, good leaders are are total optimists. That you know, you, you may be knee deep in it, but they're always telling you that when when we get past all of this, that it's gonna it's gonna be okay. SPV is um, up nine. Nasdaq futures up poison. Kevin, hold us for after break, bud. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. 
To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Allen. It's Matt Byrne on the board. Me and Mr. Kevin O'Neill. Hey, Kevin, you see uh, Joe Jackson died again yesterday, huh? Who did? Joe Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. Um, in fact, I was thinking when uh, when I just heard that little clip that, that Matt had in there that we got to pull a few uh, a few items out of uh, Goodfellas. And, and if you really want a good one, uh, you know, find the one from Field of Dreams where Joe Jackson... Is explaining why uh, uh, why they wouldn't invite Ty Cobb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the truth. Uh, one of my one of my buddies uh, works for some firm that's obviously doing pretty well. The whole firm is going for the weekend on a on a chartered jet down to that to that same uh, spot where the guy was found dead. To say we gave him a little abuse on that is an understatement. Hey, nice seeing you. <laughs> S&P futures up 750, NASDAQ futures up 38, uh, Dow futures up only 4, which is a little weird, but uh, well, we got Salesforce down 230, we got United Healthcare down 233, the rest are green, but very slightly green. Um, we're in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up on 176.6%, Shanghai up 7, that's 0.2%, Hang Seng with a big run up 2.89%, trying to get back of uh, Alibaba shares way up after the earnings report. I, I don't... Uh, I don't, I don't know why, well, I've gone into that so many times why that thing is even listed. I have no idea. But anyway, Hang Seng has, has bounced back. They were the ones that have been, probably the, the index has been, uh, uh, been the worst in the last year and a half worldwide, but now they made a big bounce back today. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 112.8%, FTSE up 15.2%, CAC around up 54.8%. Uh, bonds, down three basis points, 2.72. Uh, the Bund, Minus four basis points, point nine six. Can't quite get over that one one percent number. Japan down two, no point two two. They've been kind of slipping a little bit. They're two five forever, and now they're two two. Yesterday, uh, Dow was up five sixteen, big rally. S and P futures up seventy nine. It's almost two percent. It's one point nine nine. So really, almost two. Nasdaq up three hundred five, two point seven. So we've had a a serious rally week after five weeks of down. So we're bouncing again. The question is, is it for real or is it a Bear market rally. Oil down 82 cents, 113.27. Brent down 46 cents, 116.94. Natural gas down 25 cents, uh, 8.30. It's a big move. It's almost a 3% move, but still 8.63. Our Bob unchanged at 3.88. We've got gold up 8.80 at 18.62. Silver up 37 cents, 22.33. Copper up a penny, 4.27. This is the one everybody's kind of really watching. It's Bitcoin. Well, we're watching all of them. Down 453 to 28,970. I'm going to say anywhere under 27, this thing starts to get a little iffy uh, in terms of people buying it uh, over that number, maybe maybe some uh, uh, people that have borrowed against it, that kind of thing. But, Kevin, maybe you can explain to me when, when we're done with traffic, weather, sports. All the rest of these, even though Bitcoin has been hanging up there pretty good, 
The rest of these are on my screen. I don't know what the hell they even are. Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. All these things have been getting buried almost every day. Anyway, anyway hold that thought. Man, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Don't even talk about baseball. Jeez, what did we get outscored yesterday? 50-2 to two or something? Yeah, it was 20-5 to five Cubs. Uh, for Cincinnati Sox were much better. No, I can get in that right now uh, at 16-7. Yeah, uh, versus Red Sox. Not that good. Uh, but right now, currently 6.38 a.m. on Friday, May 27, 2022. Skipping the baseball, straight to hockey. Uh, East second round finals, New York Rangers versus Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes win 3-1. Uh, West uh, second round finals, Edmonton Oilers beat Calgary Flames 5-4. to NBA finals, uh, West final games, Warriors take out Mavericks 120-110. to uh, tonight, East Finals game, 6, Heat versus Celtics, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, that's the best time to watch it. Uh, weather in Chicago, cloudy, uh, 52 degrees, a high of 66, and a low of 51. In Phoenix, clear skies, 80 degrees, a high of 105 degrees, wow, and a low of 75. Uh, traffic this morning in Chicago. Traffic uh, pretty light overall, but that might pick up later. Uh, traffic eastbound the Eisenhower at uh, 294 North picks up lightly at Wolf Road and Harlem Avenue. Uh, uh, light traffic as well on the eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue and Lawrence Avenue. Traffic westbound the Dan Ryan between 35th Street and Randolph Street. And finally, traffic northbound the Stevenson between Harlem Avenue and South Pulaski Road. Then people are taking a four-day weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Memorial Day. The... Um, uh, Talk about this for a second here, Kevin, and then I don't want to get too technical, but uh, yeah, I think people have heard me say some kind of weird stuff lately in the sense that uh, sometimes the, the Fed's job is to maintain essentially the amount of water in a pool so that the federal funds rate, the amount that one bank charges another for overnight, is at a certain level or close. Now, it's never, I'm going to say that right now their goal is uh, 1%. And I'm going to say that it, it, it has never been 1% any night, Kevin. It's 1.002.9996, but the goal is 1, and as long as they're real close, they're happy in terms of managing their policy. Um, so, and as, as I've talked, you know, I nauseam and won't do it again about how, uh, at least not today, uh, about how money can be created by individual people and disappear because of the actions of individual people. Um the um, you know I mean I've got a little bit of an example here. I'm looking at the at the the Federal Reserve balance sheet. Well, now in the last month, well, leading up to April, the end of April, which we're not going to get the maze yet, which is really bizarre. Uh, but if you look at the last month, we were up. We were the money supply dropped almost ninety billion dollars, which is a well the thing so high. But they had one of the goofball, not a goofball, the guy from Siegel, the guy from Wharton professor. This is the greatest decrease in the money supply like ever. Well, yeah, but it's it's so high that whatever. It's like it's like a stock that's five hundred dollars going down ten bucks. You go, man, the stock's down ten bucks. Yeah, yeah relax. Well, yeah, it's two percent. Um, so anyway, if you look at the that decrease in the money supply, you would say, wow, the Fed's really got to be shaving crap off their balance sheet. But if if you had been have been listening to if, if people are getting margin calls, margin loans, and are essentially taking money out of the bank and paying off those loans, that is the equivalent, the, the flip side of, if, if Kevin, if you take money, if you dig under the mattress and you go put 100 grand in a bank, and then Matt Byrne walks in and borrows 80 grand for a, for a building, doesn't, doesn't do the building right today, puts it in a checking account, there's now 180 grand in the money supply. You've still got your 100 in a demand deposit. And now he's got 80. So 
the money supply can can grow just by things getting better and people wanting to finance stuff. And that's why the Fed has to retard it as things get better, and they have to push money in even in regular times if if there's a little bit of a recession going on or any kind of a, of a turn down, not even a recession. So this month is a perfect example of that. The federal balance sheet, reserve balance sheet, if you take it from eight uh, March March thirtieth, uh, where the, the, the balance sheet was eight nine three seven, and you run it down, this, the weeks don't match up exactly. But if you go to April twenty seventh, it's eight nine three nine. So it's actually gone up by a little bit, even though the money supply has gone down a pretty big chunk. Which means that the Fed actually had to put a little bit more money in, just because they because the, the, the money supply was dropping on its own fairly dramatically. I think mainly because of margin loans. Because the whole world's been pretty silent on these things, but you you don't drop you know trillions of dollars in market value without somebody getting a, a call. It's just somebody's always on the edge. When I say on the edge, it doesn't mean they that they that they borrowed it that much, but they might have used the equity in a, in a stock to buy another stock, and the other stock went down. A lot of stuff can happen. Am I, am I explaining this at all correctly, Kevin? For people to understand or what? Well, yeah, I, I think what you know what you're really saying is um, the longer this drags on, the more people become at risk, and uh, and, and whether that's uh, you know. Uh, um, Cryptocurrency investments or something else, um, but uh, I, I, I don't want to get away from the thought um, that I had started into when uh, when we went to break. Um, and and, and you know, we I want to go, go back to optimism uh, because it's it's something that is that we need right now. Um, so it's it's not that it's not that we want people to you know. Um, Blows, you know, just be be unnecessarily. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, misrepresent the current situation. But what we need in leadership when you have tragedy is you need people who can uh, leaders who can say who can look past where we are now and say, you know, I'm going to build us a pathway to some great future state. And what I mean by that is the, the perfect example of that was Martin Luther King, who. Confronted injustice, injustice head on, and he, he he didn't you know he didn't say that everything was fine at the time. In fact, he talked constantly about everything that was wrong at the time. But he could always focus on a future state. Whether he was talking about you know I, I, I've seen the promised land. Whether he could talk about he had a dream uh, of the future that he could paint that picture for people and give and, and give reason for uh, for people to join his cause. And he won a hell of a lot of people over for that who, who, you know, a matter of, you know, a few short years ahead of time would never have been, uh, have been enlisted in what he wanted to accomplish. And so now we go back to today, and all we have seen out of this particular tragedy of, the, of this week is people divide, you know, political opportunism, divisiveness, and there is nobody who was out there saying, uh, you know, anything more than, you know, uh, blaming the other side and, 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 and being obstructionist for what we want to do. But there is nobody saying, here's where we, what we can be if, and then you can, you can start to lay out your agenda in that context. But there is nobody saying, 
you know, nobody describing a future state that we that we all can latch on to. And then they wonder why people don't rally to their cause. Well, we've probably kicked around more ideas uh, in the three days since this happened on this show with the various people that we've had on uh, that are at least worth a discussion, trying to find to get to the bottom, if, if there is a bottom of it. We've, we've talked more... And I'm not saying we have the answers, but we, we're at least thinking out loud and saying, okay, what about this? What about that? And is, what, what, is there any possible, uh, way we can at least, we're never going to stop this kind of stuff. I mean, hell, it happened in, uh, with Richard Speck, for God's sake. Uh, but you, how do you, how do you minimize it? How do you try and find these people, uh, in, in a state where they are, they're liable to do this? Is there is there any way to go about doing it? We we found more more honest ideas or at least attempts at ideas on this show. None of these people have any idea. They're 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 there. I don't know why they're there in these offices, Kevin. They're there because they have a skill set to get themselves elected. My mom, my mom used to say, "You get these people. They come in. They charge you a real lot of money. You pay them a lot of dough. But most of the days, she's talking about CEOs. She said most of the days you don't need them." But the idea is that once in a while something there's a crisis of some kind and this person, male or female, has some sort of talent that they can make a decision that mostly nobody else is capable of and they will save the day. And she goes, all I see is when that day comes, they got nothing. Well, I, I think that's, that's often true of CEOs. On the other hand, there are other CEOs who have... Well, I mean, senators and... kind of, you know, vision of the, uh, of the company... And they're steering the company in that direction step by step, <clears throat> and they're good at working through their uh, um, their executive team to make it happen. They're, you know, there there are some really great people out there doing. Well, I agree. They're great leaders, but uh, but then there are, are also weasels, and unfortunately, most of our uh, weasels have found their way into politics. Well, but the the skill set to get elected is so. I mean, that's why uh, I actually would really like. Um, uh, what's the lady's name? Karen, uh, what's her last name? <laughs> For God's sake, I won't bring that in names. I'd like to get her on. Uh, Matt's in charge of that, and he's pretty close. Uh, Karen uh, Norrington-Reeves, she's running for uh, Bobby Rush's spot. But I, I was really impressed with, with Keith, Keith Peacock, the guy who's been a veteran, he's been a mayor, he's, he's done other stuff, has a nice family. People, people in Orland get along with the guy, he's willing to talk to anybody. I think there's a chance that if there was some kind of a crisis... That guy could could drag people in, get their thoughts, and make the right make the decision. Like John Picard in the Enterprise, for God's sake, listen to people, make your call. That that's what you do. I listen to people all day long about their opinions on the market, and we make the call on a trade. And guess what? Sometimes we're wrong, and if we do, we fix it as best we can. I mean, it, this is this is this is humanity, Kevin. But these other guys, when you have no ideas, all you do is wait for a guy to come up with an idea, and you, and you go after him like you're pissing at him. Right, you you never have one of your own, correct? Right, and see, I, ideas are easy to attack. A vision is a little bit harder to attack yeah. because uh, you know because it is talking about you know it, it, it's the kind of you know what are we trying to be that pe- and people can buy into it. Uh, on on the other hand, you know when it's just uh, when all, when all you have is why the other side is evil, um, that's what, that's going to appeal to a very narrow base of, uh, of followers. 
Well, but it, it seems to be appealing to a big speech. All right, who's this one? I know you'll get it. We'll see if Matt does. Speaking of uh, of optimistic speech, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. Oh, that was the uh, uh, 1970s band, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, um, Matt, you got a clue? That, that was uh, Churchill, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Now, how's that for optimism? Well, and all the while, what was happening in England at the time? Yeah, well, they were there in deep doo-doo. But, but he always talked, <clears throat> excuse me, he always talked about how, how they could outlast this, how they, you know, how they could get yep. past it, uh, the, the attacks that, you know, and, and, and it was, again, it was always about the end game, not about today. And, you know, it, it, what's, what's kind of, kind of, uh, Funny, but and I, I think people, whatever. Unless I'm just starting to get angry, so don't don't think for a second. I got myself on some pedestal here that I, I've got this all figured out. I absolutely do not. But I'll tell you what, from from the, the listeners and from the the contributors to the show, I feel like I learn something every week. And uh, I, I, I will say, you know, you know I find Kevin. I, I'm just starting to read a little bit about the Revolutionary War. I know nothing about it. I mean, it's one of these days. Hopefully, I'll be able to say I know something about it. As you as you look into, but I've been reading a lot about Churchill lately, and the funny part, I'm going to say that out of the hundred percent of the crap the guy had to go through, seventy five to eighty percent of it was internal. The knuckleheads he was with that that absolutely felt, and, and the Queen Mother was one of them. Evidently, it's, that's because that's in one of the files that we still can't open for another twenty years. She was all over. Let's just make a peace with Hitler. And, and Churchill was like. Look at the man. Look what he's done. There's, there's no way you can make a deal with that guy and have it stick, no matter what the deal is. You just you just can't trust him. But Chamberlain, all those other guys, they didn't all just go away. They were all on this committee where there's like six or eight people that actually were the big war committee. And Churchill was, was the chairman, but he, he didn't have every vote. And uh, same thing with George Washington. His, his biggest issues really weren't the British. It was... His own guys that he couldn't pay were were leaving, and and people here really really all wanted to stay under the British crown. And I mean, his, his, he was had to be seventy five, eighty percent internal. And I'm saying Roosevelt was the same way. For the first eight years, he he saw all this stuff happening in Europe, and he couldn't even say a word about it because he knew the people here wanted didn't even want to hear it. But yet all of a sudden, when the day come he came, he knew we had to be somewhat ready. And in fact, we were because behind the scenes, all the stuff that he could do. He could possibly do. He had put uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Mar- George Marshall, in charge four or five years. They put in mandatory retirement retirement age for the peacetime generals. They they did everything they possibly could in terms of uh, research and uh, battleships, aircraft carriers, planes. So they, we were way more prepared than than the average person thought we were, even though. We didn't have much of an army or a navy ready or, or planes then. All that stuff was put into the works because, but every time he did something like that, he had to fight internally. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing how real leaders have to fight the people around them more than they almost do the enemy. Yeah, it, it is, it is really hard to, well, first of all, he's, you know, in, in government more than, more than any place, but not exclusively. Um, you you are dealing with entrenched bureaucracies, so uh, and, and they have their own um, their own special staying power. Uh, you, you, you can't just it's it's just impossible to throw them all out, so you can't do that. Um, but but yeah, it, uh, it, it is the the thing is in politics politics they have indefinite appointment uh, 
it, it is part of your internal battle um, if you're trying to be a leader. But in addition to that, that is the big challenge. The, 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 the challenge of leadership is always to enlist people to your cause. Um, there, there's, um, you know, people talk about, about vision. Uh, there's, there's some good stuff from uh, Simon Sinek where he talks about it really is what he's saying is not, not so much a vision as a just cause. That you have a uh, you have a cause so um, so worthwhile that people are not willing to just join it, but they're willing to sacrifice for it. Um, That's and, real tough. And that is real about tough. That in terms of business, it's not that you're going to change the world. It's it may be that your product is you know is is really great and something that people should have. Uh, you, that your the service you offer is uh, is really valuable and it helps people. So when he talks about it that way. It, you know, you, you may, you may or may not be changing the world, but what you are doing, um, is you're, you're doing something that's really good and really righteous, and that's what your business is about. And, and I think when you start thinking of it that way, it is easier to enlist people to the cause. It is easier to affect change. It is easier to steer that, you know, steer, steer your company in a direction, uh, that it needs to go. Uh, but it, it, there aren't very many people who are good at articulating it. Well, I, I, when you think one of these days, if I live long enough, I'm going to try and work my way through to some Civil War stuff with a different, you know, the stuff I have read there is all but about the battles, which is always unique. But not, now that I have this new shtick, Kevin, I'm going to try and get, I, I can't imagine how tough it was for Lincoln to convince the people around him that they shouldn't just let the South go. How, did, how exactly did you tell some mother in Illinois that her son needs to die for this? And she goes, she might say, I don't even know where Mississippi is. I don't even know what a slave is. I've never seen one. We want my kid to do what? I mean, I, Well, and, and take it a little farther, that, uh, again, in Lincoln's case, you know, he had to, he had to convince his army, his generals, that he, you know, he had to rely on the general that, Nobody respected and everybody hated. <laughs> yeah, Grant. Um, and, and 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 it was because Grant was always willing to fight for the cause. Well, and, and people, we, again, when you when you think of something, you have to put yourself in that time frame. Um, the one guy always wanted McClellan, always wanted more soldiers, he always wanted more stuff. But think about Civil War times, and, and if you can. I, mean, I can't. I mean, but little stuff like like measles was a massive problem in the camps there. I mean, all of us had measles when we were kids, Kevin, and we we dealt with a fifties mom, fifties sixties mom who was really a spectacular caregiver, right? I mean, they, you 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 were warm, you were well fed, and, and, and virtually, I mean, I'm sure some people didn't, but uh, virtually everybody survived, and to this day they haven't had measles again. But in, in one of they were losing so many people in camps due to bad food, typhoid, you name it, uh, that Grant said, look, if they're going to die anyway, we might as well, we might as well do something with them. I mean, it, it still, it wasn't exactly a very humane thing, to, decision to make, but if I'm going to have 100,000 people die in camps, I might as well, might as well knock them off on the battlefield and get somewhere. I mean, that, that was really the decision, wasn't it? Well, I, I, I think it was, but I also, you know, it, it, again, it was never, never lose sight of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and you know when you're talking about a general in a, a situation with war, it's going to be a, a very ruthless point of view in many cases. 
um, because you have to make decisions that cause people to die, and I, I would, you know, that's not a position I would envy anybody uh, having to uh, 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 having to live with. But the it's, but but nevertheless, there was still, you know, this this future state that he was all, that he and that uh, Lincoln were always focused on. Um, what you know, when this is all over, where are we going to be? And uh, and it's 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 so important. You can't you can't leave people with uh, effectively without that. Well, and it was just and, um, it's, it was almost like so a two headed sword. You know, I, I don't know if I'm saying it very well, but it really it's really an important concept. Well, he he, he was know, convinced leaders leaders are always future focused and they're always optimistic. He was convinced that we we had uh, a destiny. I won't use the term manifest destiny, which is that we were going to be this huge country coast to coast now how the indians fit into this i don't know but uh but at least as important to him as winning the civil war was the transcontinental railroad because he was convinced if we didn't build it california would secede and we would end up with two places so he, he was he was he wasn't just Damn, missed opportunity yeah no, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no kidding uh maybe we should have let lex luther uh go with his yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so Kevin, what do you what do you who do you like tonight? The Celts or uh, that, that that's those teams? We're talking about war of attrition with all the injuries, huh? Yeah, you know what? I, um, I I I do like the Celtics, but I like them as a team anyway. So yeah. um, uh, so I, I like watching them play. So that probably colors my uh, um, my my predictive ability with them. I think a lot of it hinges on the health of Jimmy Butler, doesn't it? Oh yeah. As you know, as it always does, but uh, the the NBA's got to they've got to come up with something that you know they're 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 turning into the NFL in terms of it becoming a war of attrition uh, as much as anything else, and and I think a lot of that has to do with you know how how long the schedule goes. You know, they, we shouldn't we shouldn't be having basketball playoffs spilling into June. Uh, no, I agree with you. But all right, have a nice you know, weekend. And, and, and honestly, for most people, unless you're a real basketball junkie. Uh, you, you, you don't care by June. You're, you're watching baseball. Well, when you and I did all three, we were long past. The only time we played basketball in the summer was after a softball game. Just a loose yep. up. <laughs> and, and, with beer and, and barbecue in us. Yes, S&P Futures up a buck and a quarter. SF Futures up nine. Kevin, have a nice weekend, buddy. I'll be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. 
We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. There's no crying in baseball! Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Matt Burn, I know that tune. What's it from? Baker Street. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Do we have Mr. Carl? You do. Hey, how are you, bud? SP Futures up four, NASDAQ Futures up 31. Uh, a lot of earnings flying around, a lot of stuff flying around, Carl, a lot of uh, economic numbers flying around. I, I was talking to Kevin, I was saying I, I, I have trouble piecing together whether these numbers, but what they came up with to say that the PCE is up 5% year over year, what, what are they smoking? I, you know, how do you, how, I mean, it's hard for me even with Dollar Generals. My brother says they're now, what, dollar one twenty five, right? So if the revenue's well, up, I think it was two dollar general. Oh, it's up there, but he he claims they officially are dollar one point two five. That most of the stuff's buck and a quarter. Yeah, well, they can claim whatever they want, but I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it's hard to. I think it, you know the from an economics point of view, just just looking at the you know the market and everything else. There's there's a very nasty dichotomy developing. And it's, it's very similar to what was going on in the, the early part of 2007 and 2000 and uh, through actually the spring of 2008. Remember the early part of 2008, we had uh, Bear Stearns blow up. Yep. And, and of course, uh, if, if you also remember a few days before Bear Stearns blew up, Kramer was on his show saying that Bear Stearns was just fine. I'd put my money there. Oh yeah. Of course. Of course, he later claimed, oh, but they're, they, they're not depository banks, so that's not what I, but I'll put my money there when you're an investments guy, means I buy the stock. Cause yep. what else could it mean, right? So, you've got the same sort of thing going on right now, in that we have raging inflation, 
which, I mean, is is the Ukraine situation somewhat involved in this? Well, yeah, but you know what? If if you want to if you want to see how smart the people in Treasury, Janet Yellen, and all the other advisors and all those those fine folks, you want to see how smart they actually are. The goal of the sanction regime that was placed on Russia after this war started was to destroy their currency and basically force them to stop fighting by bankrupting them. It was, it was an attempt to do essentially what Reagan successfully pulled off, which, uh, you know, I mean, I have a lot of, a, a lot of bad things to say about Ronnie. But the one thing I will say that he was very good at, and he was absolutely right, is that he could bankrupt what was at the time the USSR with an arms race. They could not pay for it. They would try anyway because they were so arrogant that they would not give it up. And as a result, it would destroy their government. Right. Well, he was right. Yeah, but he also had the ancillary benefits of pouring money at his backers, which was a defense defense establishment. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of, of, you know, bad that came along. But for all the bad things you can say about Reagan, the one thing you can say is that he managed to to essentially defang the ever-present threat that we were going to you know annihilate each other with nuclear bombs. And he did it without firing a single shot. Yes, okay. I would agree. I, I you know I I I give the guy credit for that. I don't give him credit for a lot of his other stuff, but I give him credit for that. So this was the goal with the sanctions and you know slam the Russian economy and steal all the oligarchs stuff and yeah da da da. Um, have you looked at the ruble exchange rate lately? It's going, it's going up. It's actually in better condition now than it was six months before the war. Uh, I have, I, I can't figure that out. Maybe you can tell well, me. Well, I can. Well, okay, what are but, we? Uh, but this is, uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't know who gave these people the idea that we could actually, you know, do what we said we were going to. Look, it works against a country like Iraq. Okay, it works against a country like Venezuela. It does not work. When you have a nation that provides a substantial fraction of world demand for potash, for oil, for all sorts of other things, and, oh, by the way, at the same time, you have agricultural products, which are absolutely essential for, for you know, a couple billion people to not starve, uh, specifically wheat and things like this, that are, that are in areas that are under conflict. Either you're sanctioning one of the guys or the other guy's getting blown up and he's not planting and harvesting much, okay? So the, the, the idea that we could do that and, that and that a sovereign government could not actually use its sovereignty to insulate itself from this when they are a net exporter, okay? And see, this is, this is, where, this is where Yellen and all those guys were wrong. This is where all these idiots were just dead, flat, wrong. If you do this to a net exporter, and, it, and what they're exporting is something people actually have to have. They, they, there is not an alternative supply that is sufficient to take to pick up the demand that gets displaced. If you do that to them, in every single case it blows up in your face and backfires. Because it has to. It's just a mathematics problem. So what, uh, same thing sort of when they did the oil embargo on uh, Iraq? Well, yes and no. See, I mean, the, the thing is, is that while Iraq was a large... Not Iraq, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, not, not Iraq. Uh, yeah, Iraq, our guys. Allegedly. Yeah, but, I, but the thing is, is that it, it's... 
it's less of a, it's not a factor. I mean, you could pull this kind of thing in a lot of cases with tiny little countries, especially those that are net importers, where their balance of trade goes the other way or it's singularly focused. It's in one place, and you can say, well, we're going to ruin this one thing that they do, and by doing that, the world is our oyster, and we're going to get what we want. Okay, well, guess what? No matter who's shoving a gun in your face and saying, do what we want you to do, um, I mean, you know, that's that's thuggery when an, when a common person does it. When when a government does it, we call it democracy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, it just some of this boggles the mind. But the idea that we could actually do this with Russia and have it work was ludicrous from the beginning. And when this when this whole thing started, I said, "You people are crazy." This is not only is it not going to work; it's going to blow up in our well, face. Well, when and you, that's exactly what's happening. No, when Putin say- is actually making money by being at war right now. Yeah, I think he probably now where 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 is the ruble a couple questions here. You take take them in order. Where exactly is the ruble trading that we can get a real value on? And secondly, when we decided that they can't five months ago, four months ago, we let the Russian payment come through for the interest on stuff that people here own. We let that payment come through even though they weren't supposed to be able to run a check through anywhere. Now this time we say we're not letting them go through and they're defaulting but the people here aren't getting paid I'm not so sure who's getting the worst part of that deal I mean, that, that seems weird to me and have the people changed because obviously four months ago the people were powerful enough whether it was Black Rock City whoever the hell they might be uh, were powerful enough to say hey let my check through did, did they succeed in selling that to somebody because then all of a sudden we don't seem to care on this end which I don't buy at all if it's Black Rock they still got influence it's something weird well, going on here. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what happened there. I mean, it's I. It, it, one of the biggest problems with that part of the world, and and it's not really, you know, everybody loves to to bag on it being that part of the world. But the truth is, it's it's more part of the human condition than not, no matter where you go. Is that the corruption? And how you get things done in that part of the world is that you buy somebody off. It's, it's the, the, you know, it's the old alderman thing, uh, you know, from Chicago. And, you know, the, the, the old man daily. What was, you know, yeah, the trains ran on time. Guess how? Yeah. <laughs> and that sort of thing goes on all the time everywhere. But it is particularly egregious in the Eastern European and Russian spheres of influence. And it's been there forever. It's not a. It's not a new thing. I, I. Everybody likes to talk about Putin and his oligarchs, and oh, you know, these guys basically skim. You know, they take their ten percent off the top of everything that happens in the country, and that's you know, that's why they have all this money. Well, excuse me, Zelensky has over a billion dollars and a twenty-five or thirty thirty million dollar mansion in Miami, um, and and he's a comedian. Okay, and he's he's been president for three years. Three years ago, he didn't have any of this. Now all of a sudden, he's got a billion dollars on deposit. Well, did that? Did that come? Was did that come because it was? Sort of, they handed him over the keys from the last guy. No, he stole it from the ground up. You know, we we were in such support at Maiden of what the, the so-called people were doing. Supposedly, that was organic. That's a load of BS. But we were in such support of it because the guy who was in power at the time had a palace that looked like something out of Saddam. Oh yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was like, like, it looked like Versailles. 
Yeah, I mean, we're talking like, you know, gold toilet kind of stuff, okay? Yeah. That kind of level of, of crazy. And at the same time, the people in this country were literally starving to death. They had a, they had a per capita GDP a quarter of Russia's, right? And so, and I mean, and, and this is the breadbasket of that part of the world. These people grow more grain. I mean, they, they grow enough grain to feed like 20% of the population of the planet, for crying out loud. Always have. Yet, they always have. Well, and, and they have, they, right. I mean, that's just the, that's the geography of the land, okay? And yet they have nothing. And so here, here it is, oh, the, you know, these guys are SOBs. We're going to support this because, you know, populist uprising. We're going to get rid of that bad government. Just, you know, people were sounding the trumpets like this was George Washington in 1776 in the United States. Well, guess what? It wasn't. Okay, it was a, it was essentially it was a revolution, a real one. There was shooting, plenty of it. There were snipers in buildings. I mean, the whole nine yards. Nobody ever went to jail for that, by the way, for the sniping. So who's so whose side were those guys on? They never found any of them. They never prosecuted any of them. They never hung any of them. That's kind of funny. And then and, and then though, all of a sudden, here we go through a couple of different administrations. We have it was Zelensky. Zelensky's been in office now for something like three years. And and the guy goes from being a guy who tells dirty, raunchy jokes to being president, which, you know, that's nothing new. We had Ronald Reagan, right? What did he do for years before he was president of the United States? Well, he was governor. But, you, you know, you get my point, right? right. I mean, actors make, make good, they, they give speeches. That's what you do when you're an actor. Well, guess what? That's a big part of being a politician. So fine. So he ends up in office, and all of a sudden the guy has a billion dollars. It, it, the same corruption that was there... So he didn't buy he didn't buy gold toilets for his presidential palace over in Ukraine. What he did was buy a thirty five million dollar mansion in Miami. Um, and you're jealous of that? Well, you know i I don't care how somebody runs their country. The whole point of being a sovereign is just that you're sovereign. If your people are willing to put up with that level of of corruption and scam, that's on them. But the the reality of it is now we are saying this guy over here who's doing this sort of stuff is so terrible that we're going to steal their yachts and their planes and their money and their you know their anything else we can find that's horrid. However, this guy over here yeah is is perfectly fine with his billion. Okay, and he got all of that the exact same way the other dude did. <laughs> I, so I mean, I I do not understand the the mental space that we have here, and and when you get down to it, by putting that sort of a, a constraint, an artificial constraint on energy supplies, anybody that thinks that that was an accident, and anything anybody that thinks that that is is a consequence of the war, we tell you. Joe Biden the other day stood up at the podium and said, we are going through a painful and necessary transition. We're doing this, and we're going to come out with, with greener energy. Okay. He, he, he told us before the election, he and Kamala both told us, this was what they were going to do if we voted for them. If they got, the, if they got into office, they were going to do this. They were going to make our gas prices like that of Canada or England. Yeah, and I don't... Uh... I know we have so much natural gas, and what, you can't put a gas furnace in New York now, or you're not supposed to next year or so? Anyway. Well, they're doing that, and then the, and they're doing the same sort of thing out in California, okay? They want everybody to have electric cars. 
Well, there's there's this wee little problem with that. One of them is that you have to dig up 500,000 pounds worth of earth to make one battery. Batteries wear out just like anything else. Uh, by the way, what do you think is going to power all the stuff that digs up the 500,000 pounds of earth? That's the first problem. The second one is, is that five, six years ago, I did a little back-of-the-envelope calculation based on the number of kilowatt hours of energy in one of these batteries, derated for losses, and, and was very, very polite to the people who say, oh, we could, you know, we could do better on the losses, right? Because, you know, there's always a loss whenever you transform energy from one thing or another. We would have to have four times the power capacity in our grid, from the generation to distribution to the through final delivery, four times to be able to do this and get away with it and not have it collapse. We don't have that capacity, and there is no possible way to build it using renewables. It's physically impossible. Well, you got to so you end up. Hey, for those of us that are on the other end of the scale, then then you know, guys like you. Uh, I walked by the Versace mansion. How how much bigger is is this guy's compared to Versace to make it twenty five million? Well, if this is twenty five million, what's Versace's worth these days? Oh, good lord, I have no idea. But I'll tell you, you know, it's there's there is a point there's a point where that sort of thing feeds on itself and it becomes it's it when you get to the point that you can't possibly spend it all on actually doing something yeah okay um you know after you after you have the first citation okay yeah what <laughs> first that's the citation Zelensky apparently has four by the way uh, although i don't think they're all citations uh, you know you, you have four private airplanes after you have the first one um the other three don't really mean anything right well, I mean, at some point you, you can only fly it one at a time all right guys so the thing is that there's a certain point where that level of of acquisition is just because you like this the, the number on the scoreboard that's all it is well i mean it is in regards to the guy in the immortal words of uh probably somebody we both sort of liked even though i don't obviously don't remember the guy uh what was uh, Harry Truman? He may be a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch. Yeah, and you know, but this is this is the thing that we keep running into is that we have we have so many things going on here at home. Okay, I mean, you just had this you know you just had this hideous situation happen down in Texas a couple of days ago. You had forty cops standing around outside for an hour. Yeah, that did nothing. Okay, they actually arrested and tased parents who said. F you, I'm going in there and getting my kid. If he shoots me, he shoots me. And one woman, they they cuffed her. They decided they weren't going to stuff her, that the optics of that would be too terrible, apparently. They let her go outside the barricades. She turned around, snuck over the fence, went in and got her two kids out of the school. Yeah, some guy did too, didn't he? Went through the window. Yeah, was, well, and, and here's the thing. The guy that stopped it was an off-duty Border Patrol dude who said, I don't give a blankety-blank what you think. I'm going in, I'm going to take care of business. And he went and did exactly that. Okay? Well, you know, we had the same thing happen in Florida a couple of years ago. You had a nut job that, that went insane and decided he was going to go, uh, you know, go play uh, bowling for Columbine, so to speak. And the, <laughs> the local cops stood around with their fingernail butts hiding behind poles. Well, you know what? I get it. There's a guy with a gun. He's shooting people. But 
um, this is what your job is. And if you don't like the fact that there's a risk that you're going to get shot, then maybe you need to be in a different line of work. I have that argument with people here in Chicago weekly. And yeah, and you know what? I mean, I get it. All right, it's 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 a crap deal. Go talk. Go talk to the guys back in the, you know <laughs> when we stormed Normandy. <laughs> they knew full well what was on that beach, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it sure wasn't a bunch of French women that were going to kiss them. No. So you know that came later. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. We had a little problem. We had we had these machine gun nests. We had to get past first. So I mean. I don't, I don't understand the hero worship when we got this kind of thing going on. And we have, for, all the way back to Columbine, we have known that there is a sociological thing that goes on where this kind of thing gets created. Some of this is pharmaceutically driven. People don't want to talk about it. There is, there is a known problem with SSRIs, in particular, in people under the age of about 24. We don't know precisely why it happens, only in people under 24. SSRIs. There is essentially no statistical correlation whatsoever in older people being turned into rage monsters. SSRIs. with young people. And it doesn't happen all the time. It's a fraction of 1%. But if you hand these things out like candy to 15-year-olds, what do you think is going to happen when, you know, 1 in 10,000 turns into a nut? Well, guess what? You get nuts. And, And then... You have zero, and I do mean zero, support for traditional families and the social structures that, that, you know, dad takes you out behind the woodshed when you go doing something nasty and, you know, gets the belt off his his loops. Okay, that's a terrible thing. Is it a terrible thing? Well, maybe it is and maybe it's not. Maybe somebody understands that when they do something stupid, that there's a price to be paid for it. And if you raise people in an environment where there is no price, then things get more and more outrageous. We have, and, and by the way, we, once again, this time, just like the last couple, the nut job in Florida, there were there five or six opportunities to arrest him before he went and did what he did for felonies. The yeah. cops did not do it. This time, there, somebody that was on, this guy apparently liked video games, Somebody that was on one of the, the games with him called the FBI because he was making statements he was going to go do something like this, and the FBI sat around on its hands. Same thing happened before 9-11. There's a bunch of dudes paying for simulator time in Venice, Florida, with $100 bills, peeling them off. They don't want to know how to land the plane. The guy that runs the flight school calls the FBI and says, you know what, I have never seen a pilot who wants to be a commercial pilot doesn't want to know how to land. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Right? And you know what the FBI did in all three cases? Zero. Zero. Right? And, and yet, it's, it's Gunn's fault. Oh, no, no, no. You guys were told in all three of these instances and dozens more that this kind of stupid stuff was about to go on, and you sat around and did nothing, and you had the opportunity to do something about it. And I've got another question, too, because there's a lot of people running around talking about, you know, oh, you know, these terrible, these terrible guns are easily available, whatever. There's the New York Times published a picture of the the, the firearms this kid had. I counted up about five thousand dollars worth of kit there. This, these were not the cheap, off the rack stuff that you know you can put together from parts or whatever have you. The the, the holographic sight that he had on one of those weapons by itself is six hundred and fifty bucks. Really? Just the sight 
Okay, we have, we have, now that one, you know, you can't kill anybody with a with a site, right? Um, where do you get the money? Well, he worked at Wendy's, right? Well, yeah, he worked at Wendy's. So how did he come up with the money? Because I mean, just from the stuff that I saw, I don't know what else he had, but just from the stuff that I saw and was cataloged, and I got a, you know, I, I was able to identify some of the brands, not all of them, because the picture is relatively low resolution. Um, I, I counted up about five thousand dollars worth of kit that this kid had on it. Where did you get five thousand dollars? I don't know. I just the the lack of uh, like we talked about the the, the police. I mean, you know, because you've been on the air enough that my dad was a policeman, died young. All I heard was good things about him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I have a real soft spot. My two uncles, my uncle was a policeman, terrific guy. So I have a real soft spot. But I, I will tell you this. The Chicago Police Department right now is absolutely ill-trained, absolutely ill-led. I mean, I, the individual people, I play softball a lot of them, never met a better, nicer, nicer group of people. They are, they are not led well. And the idea that, that people will pull their guns out, and run down the alley after two people that have been supposedly, without getting back up, without having somebody at the other end of the alley where they don't help each other, I, 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 find, I find just appalling. And, and I mean, in, in this day and age where, where it seems like the people, the bad people, have a better view of the... the, the they know what the, where the police are going, and the police don't know where they're going. I mean, it's... I, well, I, 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 I'll, t- I'll tell you, there's, there's also... There's, there's a thing with the population here that we're going to... We have to face as Americans, and just as, and I know it's not a purely American thing, but, but this is where we live. Okay, this is our country. We have to face the facts. I mean, I the local schools here in my county. There's there's an elementary, a middle school, and a, and a high school that are all within you know one's across the street from the other, right? Five minutes down the road from my house. I don't have a kid that's in school anymore. My my only daughter's twenty five. Okay, she's long long past the age where that stuff matters but if i heard that this kind of thing was going on i'd be making a withdrawal in the safe and headed over there and if you're gonna you're gonna try stuff maybe the bad guy's gonna get me maybe he is but if the cops think they're gonna stop me from going and trying to, to put an end to this kind of nonsense they're gonna have to shoot me because i'm not going to sit there and let this go on and we we as americans need to decide that this is going to stop. And this idea of standing around outside with 40 heavily armed officers, every one of them's got a shotgun and probably a rifle, never mind their service pistol that's strapped to their hip. That they're going to stand around for an hour and let some nut job go into a school and slaughter kids? Uh Uh-uh. That ends now. You're going to either go in there and do it, or I'm going to go do it. And if he shoots me, he shoots me. But by God, if there's five or six of us, one of us is going to get him. Well, I also, I mean, it, it's, I have the same sort of, not in this horrible scale, but I'll say, you know, I, I'm just driving on the expressways and there's four idiots who strolled by me at 110 miles an hour and I don't see a squad. Nobody, nobody will, well, I wouldn't pull them over either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a policeman. You're missing the point. And I, I never, I never win one of these arguments, Carl. Never. Somebody say, well, you wouldn't want to do that. That's why they don't pull them over. They're just going to get sued. I said, I understand basically the, the, the poop bag that these guys are being dealt. I mean, I think I oh, understand yeah. it. But don't don't show up to work, punch the ticket, hide all day, and get paid. If you if you want, well, that's, to, well, that's exactly right. And, gonna, and, and then the hero worship nonsense that goes on. Yeah. On top of it, okay. I mean, I uh, hey, listen, I understand the uh, the alderman in in Chicago. I dealt with that. I lived in town for thirteen years. 
uh, you know, that, that area, I wouldn't do cabling work within the city limits because between the, the aldermanic stuff and the union boys and everything else, it, it, it was not worth it. Okay. We did, we did, we stayed out of that on purpose. All right. I mean, now in the suburbs, yeah, you know, hey, man, you want us to come and put some computers in? We'll take care of that for you. No problem. But that's what everybody knows that those people are skanks. You want me to turn, you know, you're flying flags with, you know, with a, with a blue stripe instead of a red, white, and blue flag. And you want me to have some kind of hero worship over over this? Well, we, we somehow or another, and I don't know how you, let, let's talk about it after the break. SB Futures up six now, NASDAQ is up 36. We've been up all morning, uh, we've been up a little bit, doesn't look like we're going to go uh, flying up here, but we might, we have. At Costco's earnings last night, they're down 9 bucks, but they were up 25 during the day yesterday, so not much of a move there. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. He's Mitt Byrne on the board here. And I've been scribbling down all these numbers that have been flying out here. 
Uh, personal income up 0.4% in the month versus 0.5 estimated. We've got uh, PCE over the last whole year, 6.7%. Uh, excuse me. Um, core, 4.9%. Uh, I, I'm, I'm stunned on this stuff. Uh, uh, consumer consumer uh, uh, spending up 0.9% versus 0.7%. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to Carl about these numbers. I, I, I'm stunned, but uh, it's just, that's just me. Uh, we have, anyway, SP Futures up 11.50. SP Futures up 58 as those numbers uh, paint uh, kind of a rosy picture that I think is absolutely not there. Dow Futures are up 1 because we have a couple stocks in the Dow that are down. Uh, Salesforce down a buck 95, United Health down 233, kind of holding the rest of the, because uh, we have some stock, the rest of the stocks are all green, but they're not green very much. Uh, we're in Asia. We got the Nikkei up 176.7%, Shanghai up 7.2%, Hang Seng with a big bounce back because they've been, they had a couple crummy days. Uh, up 581 to 2.9. Uh, Alibaba shares soar after earnings report. Maybe Carl can tell us, maybe, I think Jack Ma must be living in Carl's basement. We haven't seen him in a while. Uh, over in Europe, we got the DAX up 96.7%, FTSE up 11.2, Kakaron up 50.8. Uh, Bonds, uh, now only down one basis point, 2.74. Bund down three uh, three basis points, 0.96. Just can't seem to get over that one and stay there. Uh, Japan down two to 0.22, which is the lowest they've been in a while. Uh, yesterday, big rally. Dow was up 516. S&P's up 79. NASDAQ up 305. Oil is uh, down 99 cents, but still 113.10. Still up there. Brent down 52 cents, 116.88. Natural gas down 40 cents, 848. Arbob down a penny at 386. And we've got gold up 1040 now at 1858. Silver up 48 cents, 2245. Copper up 2 cents, 428. Uh, crypto, uh, is down 352, 29,071. We're back over 29,000. We have for us traffic weather sports, Matt. Hey, good morning. 7.35 a.m., May 27th, uh, 2022. Let's get you in sports real quick. Uh, in hockey, Game 5, East Second Round Finals, New York Rangers versus Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes win 3-1. to one. Uh, Game 5, West Second Round Finals, uh, Edmonton, o- Edmonton Oil- Oilers beat Calgary Flames. That's 5-4. to four. Uh, in basketball, uh, NBA Finals, West Finals Game 5, Warriors take out Mavericks 120-110. to 110. And tonight, East Finals Game 6, Heat versus Celtics. You can catch that at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, weather in Chicago, currently uh, mostly cloudy. Actually, I would say fully cloudy. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a beautiful day out there right now, but uh, it has a chance to be that later on. Uh, 51 degrees, currently a high of 66, a low of 51. In Phoenix, clear skies, 77 degrees, a high of 105, and a low of 75. Now to traffic in Chicago, uh, still looking relatively well. Uh, light traffic on the Eisenhower eastbound between Austin Boulevard and Jane Burt Interchange. Uh, uh, not much traffic to speak up, speak of on the westbound. Uh, so hey, keep that in mind. Uh, traffic eastbound on Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue and Lawrence Avenue. Uh, traffic again picks up lightly at Addison and uh, to West Fullerton, and finally again from North Greenview to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy between North, uh, sorry, that's West Addison Street and West Higgins. And uh, heavy traffic uh, westbound on the Dan Ryan between 35th and the Jane Byrne downtown. And finally, traffic northbound on Stevenson between Harlem Avenue and South Kedzie Road. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. We have um, a lot of numbers coming out here, and I'll do the uh, economic calendar part here first, where we can go through them and how they, to my in my mind, but I'll, of course, always defer to Mr. Carl as to whether I'm crazier than I think. we got the PC inflation number is 6.7 year over year. Uh, we've got the core only 
We got personal income up 0.4 percent versus 0.5 was supposed to be, uh, and we've got consumer spending up 0.9. And uh, I'm looking at, I uh, I don't know, I just uh, I'm looking at these things and I don't really, I don't know if our people really want want to uh, <laughs> to feel that this these numbers are are, are correct. And as a matter of fact, we had uh, those of you who remember we had Wayne Matson on a while ago, and when Wayne is very very liberal on that, you know, not not to the uh, uh, horrible thing or anything like that. I mean, not that I, I'm, I'm, uh, but he's he's a guy that uh, says that the, he thinks the administration has uh, an awful lot on its plate. He thought, considering um, the uh, uh, what what you know, the, the, what Biden's been dealt, he's been do, doing an okay job. But he said he, they really need to get a few people in the White House that have that get out of the limousine once in a while. They just don't have them. And it's really affecting their performance, and that's a nice way of saying something, I guess, uh, Carl. But am I, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I would. I don't think anybody look at these. How, how does the Federal Reserve look at these uh, uh, numbers and, and 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 say that they're anywhere near correct? Uh, well, I well, <laughs> all right. So let's so let's let's take a little bit of a dig inside the the that headline table. Um, <laughs> so the personal income numbers. Uh, this this is this is kind of this this BEA data. You have to you have to read the text and you have to look at the at the actual data tables behind it because if you don't, you may come to the wrong conclusion. <laughs> so first off, the the inflation numbers uh, have not moved. To any material degree since December of 2021, which, which by the way, uh, is is what three months prior to when Putin started his thing. Yeah. Okay. So anybody that says that the Ukraine Russia thing is responsible for these inflation numbers, um, uh, yeah, okay, it, it put a couple of ticks on the annualized number, like two. <laughs> Um, that's not the issue. So that's a problem because, you know, our wonderful government, um, and, and remember who our Treasury Secretary is and what job she used to have. Oh, for, no, she, no, isn't that, don't what me, an don't, amazing thing. Please don't, don't get me started. Um, I had her oh, no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine. As, you know, the cur- uh, lady, the curtains are on fire, okay, it, and have been for six months. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, let, let me just read this, this sentence here. The increase in personal income in April primarily reflected an increase in compensation and personal income receipts on assets. On assets. Excuse me? Yeah, well, that's... We, that, were, that were partly offset by a decrease in proprietor's income. So what are we, what are we learning here? Um... Within compensation, the increase it reflected increases in both private and government wages and salaries. Okay. The increase in personal income receipts on assets was led by dividends. The decrease in proprietors was led by non-farm. So, proprietors is, of course, small businesses, right? That's the definition of what that is because, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs is not a proprietorship. It used to be a partnership, but, you know, not a proprietorship. Um, so, small business is getting destroyed. Right. 
the the individual person is in fact behind and getting more behind because disposable personal income is up by 0.3% for the last month. However, PCE over the last month is up 0.9. So you're six-tenths in the hole on a, on a personal basis between disposable personal income. And only disposable income matters because the other stuff you can't spend. So, okay, so you're six-tenths, which annualized is, is about eight, eight, eight and a half percent. So the general American is is literally getting bent over the card table right now. Oh, without a doubt, and has been. And this, and by the way, this pattern was actually worse last month. Uh, PC if people, whether they like it or not, um, you know, look, disposable personal income in January was down nine tenths of a of a percent, but PCE was up two point one. Well, they they have gotten they've gotten themselves or themselves or ourselves or whoever it is in the last many years they've managed to take this the stock the stock market which everybody knows I mean I'm a money manager I love the stock market I love the whole principle of it that that we that people here can actually own companies and uh, but it's been it's been absolutely in my in my mind I don't know polluted in the last 25 years by not only the way it's traded but but by the companies and I mean I the fact that these companies have been buying stock back at, at prices now that are nowhere near where the prices are I mean for God's sake if I made that trade nobody nobody hire me again Carl and yet these guys are they're they're fine with it because they propped it up at the time and they're the ones who sold it again but the numbers are flashing back and forth so much it's almost like trying to take a drink through a fire hydrant I mean unless you really or, or you know, Carl has the time to look at this, and it's my job to look at it for my people. I mean, this this stuff is is absolutely insane. That the uh, now the the PCE uh, is is the the price thing that the the Fed looks at. Now, if you look at this thing in in Wikipedia, uh, there's a chart here uh, that takes the CPI. Now, you might ask yourself, why the hell can't we just use the CPI? Because we got the whole Bureau of Labor Statistics doing it. Well, it doesn't ne- necessarily reflect. What people are actually doing today, in other words, it's what it's gotten obsolete or something, something. So the well, so they say. So they say. Now here, here is CPI. There's PCI unadjusted, and then there's PCI adjusted. All right. right. So, so, but the interesting part here is that um, rent of your house, rent is is four point one percent of their basket. Right. Well, that's that's that. I I have been. You know, there's there's a bunch of people running around with their hair on fire. Um, Stockton being a, the primary promoter of this, that that uh, you know that inflation is is sixteen percent right now or whatever whatever he's tagging it. I don't read him anymore, and and mm-hmm. one of the reasons is that this yelling has been going on for long enough that if there was any truth to it, everything would be five times the price of what it was you know, ten uh, years ago. And it's not. Careful, careful. So, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in his camp. I'm sorry. I'm in his camp. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's, there are clearly places where it has shown up, right? I mean, you, you know, take a look at the stock market as an example, right? Uh, but here's, here's, here's the problem I have with that entire premise. There are distortions all over the government data. I don't care which data set you use. There always have been. There always will be. The government lies. Why? Because they can. Okay? And that's just the way it is. So you deal with it. And you, you try to make sense out of the data that you have. 
with the information that's available to you. And what I what I continue to see here, and this has been going on now for you know before Biden was elected. Let's face it. All right, I mean, you know, he's been in office now for a year, um, but it was going on during the last couple of years of Trump's can, you know Trump's uh, time in power, and Trump made very clear that he loved debt. He was the debt guy. He was going to pump the economy. You know, the, the, the pandemic came along at just the right time for him to be able to get what he really wanted to do. And and he does nobody nobody pays attention to the fact that in the 1980s Donald Trump very nearly was completely destroyed by the the response in the economy that happened from the craziness in the 1970s and and what had to be done to stop it. Okay, so he got on the he was on the wrong side of that thing and he nearly got blown up, and yet he was willing to risk blowing up the United States playing the same game that got him in trouble and he'd forgotten all about it. It was 40 years ago and it'll never happen again. It can't happen again. Well, guess what? It can happen again. And you have people in the market right now that are looking at this. I, you know, I see articles on it every single day. You know, buy the dips. Back up the truck. It's, it's going to be all right. Everything's fine. Um, no, it's not. And it, and it is simply this. That if you take a look at the at the thirty year forty year trend that we have with interest rates, and you look at the stock price average index, you know just across the indices. Don't don't pick on individual companies because there's a lot of survivor bias out there and things like this. Just take a look at that, and you tell me how those two things are not an exact inverse fit to one another on an exponential basis. You're out of your mind. They absolutely are. They have been for a long time, and they still are. And the problem is that you can't continually have lower interest rates once you get to zero. You can't. So the expansion in in PEs and the expansion in prices cannot continue once you get to that point. Now that doesn't necessarily mean everything's gonna go down the toilet and it's gonna crash and, and you know the S P is gonna trade six 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 again. But we don't we can't see inside the craziness of the corporate world beyond what they publish to know whether or not that is a realistic possibility. And we have people in the government who are literal financial arsonists. They are perfectly happy to set the world on fire as long as they get theirs. Oh, no, no, no. And there are both sides of the aisle, okay? Anybody that thinks this is a Democrat or a Republican thing, you're nuts. Well, I would agree. It has absolutely, makes absolutely no difference. You know, uh, I said when Obamacare was originally proposed and passed, that Obamacare was put on the table and was rammed through Congress for one reason and one reason only, and that is that the medical monster was about to blow up in everybody's face, and it was going to take down the government. It was going to take down CMS in particular because that's where all the money's going. That's where the black hole is in the in the federal balance sheet. And they did that as an as a sop instead of solving the problem and enforcing laws that have been on the books for a hundred years. They did this as a sop to try to bail it out. Well, guess what? That's temporary, just like it was back in 2008 when, you know, hanky-panky and his, you know, his uh, $700 billion that he can spend however the blankety-blank he wants, which, which, after the market crashed when it was voted down the first time, he got. Oh, fancy that. I have a uh, real issue, Carl, with, with people. Why Why is this? Is It's not so much when... I'll, I'll look at it another way. You look at you look at it, the the uh, interest rates, okay, which are a byproduct 
but I'm a I'm a I'm a Friedman guy, so I'm I'm, look, I'm looking at the right. money, money supply, and the, the funny, I'll, I'll how can I how can I say this? When I, my first class in the University of Chicago was in international economics, right? And I had done money and banking and all that stuff at Notre Dame, but never really done the international piece. And uh, in, in, in the U.S., especially in the Midwest, and I, I never went anywhere. <laughs> you know, in our day, you, you you worked on spring break. You didn't go to Europe or someplace. So I, I'd never changed the dollar for anything. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, uh, I'd, I'd see a Canadian dollar bill once in a while. Hey, what's that type of thing? I never, I never, I was like most people. And, you know, in the sense that the dollar in your pocket is gold. You know, it's, it's the U.S. dollar. And, but, and people never get the flip side to the argument is a dollar is a good just like everything else. Right. It derives its value from its scarcity. And when you pour one in, you can say that the market has doubled or you can say that you've put, you've put twice as many dollars into the system and the, and the, and the market now just has a price that's doubled. The value isn't. But we've never seen, even in the 70s and 80s, the way they've gotten a long way with it this time is that every other, if you say to anybody, even somebody bright, and say, well, God, the dollar's going down the rat hole, they'll say, what are you talking about? It's doing fine against the Bureau or the VN. We've never had this kind of coordinated mercantilism on a worldwide scale than we have today. Because any, any, oh, you're right. You're, oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and that's in in the mercantilism. You've you've got the right word for it too. Uh, but the but the thing is, is that it's mercantilism, but it's mercantilism built on a house of cards. Well, it, it is. If if the thing about inflation that I that I, that I can't stand it is because it's uneven. If, if well, yeah, certain certain people a don't care. And and B can find ways to try to evade the impact. Well, there's okay. If you the, the, the average schlub has no possibility of doing that. Well, if you're a if you're on CNBC as a contributor or or, a, or an employee, you're probably going to get a, a raise every year that's equal to the inflation. Maybe not, but you're up high enough that where maybe you don't you know, a couple percent one way or the other. You don't care, right? If, but some people in some businesses, small businesses. Uh, are, are basically, pro- I'm going to say, across the board, you're not going to be able to raise prices as much as prices are being raised coming to you. Now, bigger businesses, uh, probably a different story. I mean, the, I mean, the, the, the Costco can raise stuff to 10% across the board when they're only getting raises to them at eight. They're probably happy, but at least, but you, but you can see in some areas, your Walmart, I don't think, has been able to raise as much on a relative scale as Home Depot. Home Depot is right, and, and uh, you know this is basically when you when you get down to brass tacks, the problem that you have right now is that economies are built of individuals. The people at the very top end are, by definition, a tiny percentage of the whole. They have an outsized influence in what they buy, and in you know, and how much money they spend compared to the you know the average schlub. But the, but the reality is that the average slub is, if, if the average slub cannot go to work because you've made it impossible, then the richest guy in the world still doesn't have any gas, still well, doesn't, and, yeah. and ultimately doesn't have any jet fuel, and he's got a very expensive beer can sitting on the runway but, that, that is worth But those guys, and this is the part... And the, the thing that I find fascinating is where this is now starting to show up in terms of dislocations. One of the really nasty ones that nobody's talking about, but we ought to be, 
is that there's there is a substance called urea it is it's part of fertilizer the price of it has been skyrocketing this everybody thinks is just oh you know it's terrible for the farmers and uh, okay it is it's true it's terrible for the farmers and it's going to continue to to cause food input costs to go up it's got another problem though it's the it is the primary constituent in a thing called diesel exhaust fluid or death which according to EPA regulations every single engine made in the last 10 plus years i think it's yeah it's been more than 10 years now all of those engines, especially in trucks, have to have it. Without it, they don't run. Okay. Well, guess what? It's short. It's in short supply right now. the The quantities you can buy of it in most places are being limited. You want to grab five of the jugs? Uh, sorry, you can only have two. Well, uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Um, if you don't have that stuff available at a rational price, then all of the long-haul trucks that bring stuff to your grocery store and the local trucks, all of which run on diesel fuel, will not start. And it's not because they can't. It's because the government is mandated that if you don't have this in there for emissions controls, you cannot have an operating on-road engine. It is not that the engine itself cannot function. It's that the computer has been programmed such that if there's nothing in that tank, then, sorry, no no soup for you. Well, I, what you're describing, Carl, and, and I, and I, I, first of all, I'm with you, and I'm, I didn't know about that, so I'm really happy you brought it up. But, but the the issue is, our our our, our politicians, either on purpose or because they don't know, are making the leap that because there's a urea shortage, there's a whatever, there's a fertilizer shortage, there's a problem with oil. They're making the leap that that is what is causing the general inflation level, and that, right, it's not, and that is absolutely not true. The general That's, inflation, you're, le- yeah, you're right. The general inflation level is caused by too many dollars in the system chasing too few goods. If if all of a sudden you and I made widgets and, a, and the price of oil flew through the roof, our profit margin on our widgets would get squeezed, or maybe we'd even have to lower the price on those. Because there would only be so much money to spend, and if all of a sudden people started spending ten percent on, on you know whatever something they had to have versus five, the other ninety five gets gets cut back, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's you know, just give you an example from the other night. I'm, I'm sitting in a local pub having a beer. Um, the the manager chick who is you know is, is the she's she's the boss for that particular period of time. She's not the owner, but she you know she works for them. She's young. Her and her boyfriend are uh, are engaged, and uh, you know this is a wonderful thing, except for a little problem. The folks that own the apartment building that they're renting have put almost forty percent on the rent, and their lease is up in another month and a half. Yeah, she doesn't have the money, and neither does he. They're a young couple. We're talking. We're talking about you know twenty one year olds here. Whoa, whoa, right? wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm looking right here. Rent is only four percent of your basket, according to your Fed. Oh yeah, okay. Well, you know, go uh, go ahead and tell that to them because they're going to have to move back in with one of their parents. There's no possible way that they can absorb that. That's that's an absolutely obscene increase. They can't absorb it. There is no, you know, the, the same problem. You know, hey, this is wonderful. My, you know, my house I paid four hundred grand for is worth a million dollars. It's not so great if you have to rent somewhere to live, is it? No. 
No, and well, I mean, if you, if you go, but this is th- these are these are kind of the issues. That I'll, I'll do this real quick here, Carl, because I'm getting good at finding some of the stuff. Not like you guys, but um, I'm looking at the CPI here, and I'll find it in a second. Um, I'm going to say that rent, according to the CPI, is up. Here we go. Rent rent of shelters up 5.2 percent year over year. Yet every single person. That's BS, and you and I both know it. Even a politician. But how how do the people on the national TV, and when I keep pushing, the reason why I keep bitching about these guys, Carl, is because I look at people's uh, sheets, you know, a lot of them as potential clients that either we don't want or they don't want us, mostly we don't want. Uh, It's amazingly outsized by the recommendations of the people on CNBC. I can almost tell you by looking at their portfolio who they watch and and these people continually say that the inflation is here and there and the other place and yet rent a primary residence is is, is up 4.8 year to year and every single person if you talk to if you ask them individually yeah, what are rents up last year uh 25 okay, okay. Oh. well you know what chief owner's equivalent rents up 4.82 I'm, I'm looking right at it yeah right i mean i got i, I pulled it up while you were talking yeah all right so, you know, all right, 4.8, so a little less than 5. Um, excuse me, don't we hear every month from from young, I guess it's young still, National Association, oh, you know, house prices up 25% over the last 12 months. Well, excuse me, then, how's, then how is OER up 5? Well, OER is up 5 because rates have been going down for the last 30 years, which is a intentional distortion in the CPI table. Well, in the last four months, houses are... I don't know if they've maybe stopped going up as fast as they have, but in the last 12 months, houses are up 20%, 15 to 20, depending on your area. And I'm going to say your mortgage, your mortgage rate is up 40%. So how that equates to 4.8, I want that math. Cause I, I might, I could Well, be- I want, I want another piece of math too, Chief. How, explain to me how it is that rent, according to the, the BLS, okay, rent is 7.2% of your basket. Uh, well, the, P- the PCE, the adjusted PCE, it's 5%. Well, I'm saying, you, you, you know, you go talk to this, you know, this fine young lady and her, and her fiance about, you know, is, is, is this only 7% of what you spend in a month? Well, I'll, I'll make it even worse because we only got a couple of minutes. According to the PCE adjusted, rent is 4.1% of your basket and medical care is 5 You explain. Yeah, which is total BS. You explain to me how, Anybody we've ever known, especially if you've got, if you're paying your own insurance, that your that your medical insurance and your rent is less than ten percent of your pay, I, I I can't even. That that's so insane. That's like me being the, a jackie today. Uh, look among among wage earning schlubs, the the average on rent is twenty five to thirty. And I'm going to say medical care. Name a person you know that, that is paying for their own medical care. Now, granted, people don't think that they're paying for it if it's in. Actually, Carl, I, I don't know, months ago, I, somebody sent me a piece of paper that said, over the last 10 years, if you have medical insurance paid for by your company, that the increase that they want you to pay to kick in, get a little extra for to pay for, you know, the, yeah. uh, the the increase, the little extra is more than people have gotten a raise from. So even if you had medical care from the company, you're... Your increase and your little piece of it, whether you pay ten percent, twenty percent, you're underwater. You're underwater. But now get a load of this. Is that anybody? Not, no, you know what? You probably do know somebody like this. Anybody who's, who spends more on apparel than they do medical care. I uh, yeah. I, I 
Well, I'm sure there are some people that do, but <laughs> yeah. You think um, we don't? I don't know if we have anybody here. Maybe Matt Byrne. He might. He might. He might have a, a huge bunch of suits in his closet that we don't. We don't know about. I have one for go. funerals and one for weddings. I can't use the same one. Well, one's got to be black. One's got to be gray. A lighter color. All right. Celebratory for 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 weddings. Yes, we're we're a, we're a <laughs> celebratory tie. We're, you know, for for a wedding, and you're good to go. Yeah, we're we're a tie with a little uh, buzzer in it. So you have you you have a bereavement counselor suit. Exactly. God. So anyway, Carl, <laughs> on that happy note, uh, SP futures are up thirty. Nasdaq futures are one. Is this a bear market rally or is this for real? Uh, I, I, it's not for real. Be careful. This this looks an awful lot like the recovery after Bear Stearns. Uh, sort of does too, buddy. Have a have a good week. You you staying in town or are you traveling? Oh uh, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to be running around for the next week or so. I've got a race uh, out west next Saturday. What are you racing? Half marathon. Oh, good for you. Good oh yeah, you. no, I do these things a couple times a year. I'm only half crazy, so I only do half marathons. Are you you're around Friday though, or you got you got are you training? Uh, well, you'll be able to get a hold of me. I'll, I'll you know, I'll be on the road, but because uh, we got the labor, we got labor numbers next Friday. Yeah, I know. All right, bud. All right, take care of yourself. SPV is up thirty one. SPV is up one hundred and fifty three. Looks like we're going to make it five in a row. Be back on Tuesday. Stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Jesus, what a cluster. <laughs>